Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Today, in darker days currently and darker days ahead of us, we are going to try to turn that frown upside down, do our best to bring you something to get excited about. And we have an exciting show for you today. Today, we are going to break down the Dubuque Senior Rams All-Decade Team from the year 2010 to 2019, but I cannot do this alone. I would like to welcome back to the podcast our co-host from Phoenix, Arizona, former coach for the Dubuque Senior Rams, Tyler Soigling. Tyler, anything to say to the listening audience today? Yeah, I'm just happy to be back. Um, you know, it's I've been really enjoying the last uh, couple of podcasts without me. I feel like you're gonna I'm gonna lose my job here after hearing Red and Crabs and and uh, Cole and all those guys. It was it was a lot of fun to listen to. I wish I could have been a part of them, but um, since our season's kind of postponed for the time being, I'm happy to to be back and doing the podcast. I have a lot of time now. You know, Tyler, you'll never be replaced on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. It, it is always great to invite different opinions and different views in. And those guys, uh, Chad Crable and Andrew Redman, did a great job. It, it was it was a lot of fun. You noticed listening to the episode today that we did uh, lead in with a new intro song because uh, Chad Crable said that center field by john fogarty is one of the most overplayed baseball songs ever so we're, we're starting the podcast with a different song today to uh to please chad crable but you, you know when i when i heard that oh, i completely sorry. agreed with him when i heard that i completely agreed with him. yeah so i was i was going into that that baseball cliche but we'll we'll try to find something and if it doesn't work we can always go back to it but we're also joined by uh Rams announcer, former senior Ram, assistant coach, and currently one of the head honchos at the Dusty Roger Baseball Academy, Ross James. Ross, thanks for joining us for the senior all-decade team. Great kids and players that have really come through seniors, so thanks. Always great having you guys aboard. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how this all pans out because I got seniors – all-decade team. It came from Tim Felderman, who was uh, seniors' old coach for many, many years. He stepped down, and Andrew Reese reported or uh, took over for him, and he reported some information that we have as well. But Tyler, Coach Soigling, actually did his own research. So we'll see where the teams vary. We'll see where they're like. But before we get into the senior all-decade team, 
Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the coronavirus and COVID-19. You notice that Coach Soigling is joining us today. His season in Arizona is on a hiatus. Coach Cole Bogey, who's a Hall of Famer of the show, his season is on the verge of being canceled. I just recently got word before taping that the NAIA has canceled their entire season. So sorry for uh, Jacob Kerman and Tucker May and all of the seniors on Clark and any other NAIA players out there losing this season. And um, workout Dubuque, uh, pitcher-catcher workouts in Dubuque have also uh, been postponed due to the governor's recommendation of shutting everything down for four weeks. So I would just like to give a shout out to all of the Dubuque area players that have been playing uh, in the area. So Jacob Kerman, Connor Crable, and um, Tucker May, uh, we're sorry with what's going on. Uh, at Clark. We wish you guys all the best. University of Dubuque, Derek Harden, Luke Carroll, Evan Hitchin at the University of Dubuque. And then at Loris, we have Eric Edminster, Don Perkle, Jake Oglesby, and Cole Perrineau. And those uh, last three were all coaches. So we're sorry to hear what is unfolding with your season and everything that is going on there with you guys. So we're going to have a moment of silence here for everything that, that's going on in our country. Which brings me to one of the things that, that I want to talk about is they're talking about college eligibility. So I've seen them offer an extra to seniors that would like to play. And what are your guys' thoughts? What are your guys' feelings on on that? Um, well, I'll start. I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough. I mean, because by doing that, like, yeah, you're, you're doing an awesome thing and, and awarding these kids an extra year, but you're also kind of forcing them to put their life on hold. And... Um, I don't know. It's tough. Like I, it, it's really, we're in a tough spot. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that the postponing of our seasons completely is just kind of insane. Like I think we wait it out and see how it goes. Kind of like what we're doing here. It's kind of a every two week basis. So right now we're canceled for two weeks, but that's not saying that we'll extend the season, you know, and start just later, pick back up where we were and make up the games. I think, just throwing the season out completely isn't necessarily the right move, but that's my, my opinion. You know, my, my opinion on, on the thing is, I mean, currently as of filming right now, it is March 16th. We'll probably be releasing this a week or two, but today I'm supposed to be in Disneyland. I'm supposed to be at animal kingdom right now with my family over spring break. And we just don't know. And we don't know how fast it spreads or we don't know how many people have it and it's a scary situation and and yeah um there's a lot of precautions that have been put in place i think i'd rather err on the side of caution than have us wonder what if you know that whole thing with the college eligibility 
I mean, if you're a Division One baseball player and you can maybe go somewhere and and, and play as a graduate student, yeah, I, I get that and I support that. And I think anybody that wants to come back that lost their senior year should be able to get that. But if I'm going to Clark or if I'm going to Loris or if, am I, if I'm going to the University of and they grant you that senior year, do you want to pay ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year to play baseball? So I think anybody that lost this season should have that opportunity to, but I don't know how feasible it is for for some people here. I mean, I, it, if I'm in this situation and I'm playing at Clark, I, I want to graduate and and I want to go make some money. Um, I don't want to take basket weaving 101 and um, some of those classes, you know, ballroom dancing, um, just so I can play my senior year and then put yourself further and further in debt. And and I just want to say to all the local players that, that we've been covering that I, I'm sorry that this is happening. I mean, I was I was crushed when I saw that baseball was canceled. I was crushed when I heard spring training was canceled. That's my favorite trip to make every single year. I was crushed to hear about kids losing their senior seasons and and it's heartbreaking i mean we have kids in other sports in high schools that were supposed to go to their state tournament and play that lost that opportunity to um so we we uh we do have to remember i i've heard some good quotes that you know what we will bounce back and our i i saw this quote and it really struck uh stuck out to me it was your grandparents went to war for you. You can repay them by sitting on the couch and, and waiting this out, which, which I thought, which I thought was good. Um, Ross, anything that you'd like to add before we um, move forward and we talk about the senior all decade team? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head about, you know, anyone who's not on scholarship, you know, they're going to pay another 20 to $40,000 to play another year of college baseball but it also brings into question all those high school seniors who have been offered scholarships or um who are looking to go to a place you know now all of a sudden you know maybe they're going somewhere to play without thinking that these seniors are going to be gone and now they might be back and so everything kind of goes into flux i do understand I, as much as I, I i mean i was the same thing i was i was heartbroken when i saw it but I can understand why the colleges did it. You know, I mean, it's a matter of safety, but also logistics. Where, where all? Yeah, and you know, when the NBA made that decision, you knew the the ball was going to roll and and everything was going to crumble because you can't have one league playing and everybody else canceled you can't have one conference playing but everybody else canceled so um it was a difficult decision and i'm and i'm wondering i i had a great conversation today with with casey bryan i mean what's going to happen to our high school season here in iowa what happens um to our summer season here in iowa are they gonna are they going to be able to play that casey um felt very confident that they were going to be able to play this season. Um, well, I think Iowa's going to be What fine. was that? I think Iowa's going to be fine. 
I think they'll yeah, play Yeah, I do know that all activities um, in Dubuque and the high, and actually the state uh, high school association just announced that everything is postponed until April 13th, that at April 13th, they're going to readdress it and, and they're going to look at what's going on and possibly moving forward with the spring sports. But um, pitchers and catchers for senior Hempstead, Western Dubuque and, and Waller, they are all put on hold right now. And and people listening to this, I just want to um, wish uh, everybody good health. Uh, remember good hygiene and, you know, stay safe during these times. And if you're cooped up in your house, uh, you're working from home. You, uh, my family, we've decided that we're not going to leave the home. Um, but, um, I mean, turn on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I can't think of a better way to, uh, to pass the time than to listen to me. Coach Manaman, Coach Soitling, Ross James, Coach Bogey, uh, Andrew Redman, Chad Crable. I can't think of a better thing to do than when you're inside looking for something to do than listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And thank you to all the listeners out there. Wallert Catholic High School snubs are still coming in. Holy cow. I, I, I want people, I want to put a voicemail on this show. I want you to find us on the Anchor app. I want you to click that circle with a plus in it. And I want you to leave a voicemail that I can play on the show. But we have another snub that people are reporting to me. And it is Ben Oglesby. And Ben Oglesby, uh, I've gotten a lot of, a lot of messages about Ben Oglesby. So Ben Oglesby, he was a 2013 All-NBC player. And in 2013, he was also second team All-State. So um, that, that's a tough team to make. And, you know, cuts did have to be made. And unfortunately, uh, Ben Oglesby has a fan club out there because a lot of people have been uh, getting a hold of me wanting to know why Ben Oglesby wasn't on the list. But he, he was a snub here. Before we get into the senior All-Decade team, we have released Hempstead's episode. Give it a listen. I truly think it's the best one yet. No offense, Ross and Tyler, but we get better as we go on. Ouch. I I want to know. <laughs> it was great. It was yeah, great. it was it was a good episode, and this one will probably be be better than that. I I was more prepared for that one than I was the Waller one, and I had some background insight, and I had some great. You guys are going to have to take the lead here with senior. I did do my my research. I did look up my my information. I am more prepared, but um, keep them coming in. Keep the snubs coming in. Who from that Wallert Catholic High School team should have been on the list? Let us know. Who, since the Hempstead one just got released, what Hempstead players should be on the list, or what? honorable Manaman player should have made that list and remember that team uh, came from coach Jeff Rapp he was the one that picked that team thank you coach Rapp for doing that and the honorable Manamans came from me so already got some good feedback already had some players reach out to me about that but do you guys have any Wallert snubs or any Hempstead snubs before we get into the senior all-decade team, 2010 to 2019. I don't. I mean, I thought that they were, they were great, honestly. Um, I think you guys hit it right on the head with, with everything. Um, 
don't know. I, I thought that it was great. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I haven't listened to the Hempstead one yet uh, with work and, and that. Did that just come out this morning or last night? I I was planning on releasing it on Wednesday the 18th, but um, with everybody cramped inside and with all the negative news and everybody just being kind of nervous, we just decided to release it um, yesterday. Um, and then I started promoting it today, March 16th, just to um, just to cheer people up. I know there's a lot of people working from home that wanted a new episode of area baseball podcast we wanted to provide that i know there's people coming back or flying out for spring break on airplanes and uh they wanted to download the newest episode of the dubuque area baseball podcast so um so we shot that out there um, but it's out there to listen to but ross and when you're thinking about hempstead 2010 2019 who are some players that you think should should be on the list well obviously redmond um you know Timmerman. Um, you know, I think look at like kid like Crayville, Dave Fitzgerald, uh, Danny Milius. Those are some of the kids I know just you know real personally. That uh, and they've had so many good teams over the yeah. years, and um, really just some great kids as well. And uh, yeah, so those those are the ones that just jump onto my head. So I was that's why I was kind of like anxious to to um, to listen to it. I didn't. I knew it got. I knew it was coming out. I didn't know that uh, it was out yesterday. Otherwise, I would listen yesterday. But I had to go work this morning, and and uh, so so. But I yeah. thought that the was he was was pretty well on target, and uh, minus the snubs, of course. But but uh, I thought that was really good too. So it was it was fun to listen to, and 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 the people that Cole talked about were were great players and great kids too. So it was. It was it was neat how it was kind of how it was laid out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, I, 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 I'm, no, no, you're fine. So I just really enjoyed uh, hearing Red and Crabs talk about their 2010 team because I graduated the same year as them, and God, they were good, man. Like they were just good all around, and just hearing them talk about the camaraderie they have and how they still get together every so often and stuff like that's really what baseball in high school is about and they played as a team everyone was a cohesive unit um they smoked us both games you know um god they were good and it's uh just really and i and i was lucky enough to play with a lot of those guys or a few of them um in the legion team that year too and uh they're just great guys and i have so much respect for him for red for crabs for al timmerman for all those guys um uh they're they're really good dudes yeah one thing so. that uh Chad Crable said in the podcast that I enjoyed was he said 95% of the time we walked out on the field, we knew we were going to win. And it wasn't them being cockier. It wasn't them being arrogant. They just believed in everybody around them and they, they believed in their ability. And they even said, we believed and we had trust in our coaches and we knew that they would put us in the right decision to win. You know, Hempstead did have a lot of good teams back then. They had this coach. I, I can't remember his name off the top of the head, but he did a great job. Freshman and sophomore teams, developing kids, developing toughness and, and uh, developing fundamentals. And then he jumped up to the varsity for, a couple of years as an assistant and uh, really helped out with those teams. But here's, here's, yeah, I can't remember the guy's name or he's a pretty handsome guy. Uh, a pretty, pretty good coach here. But um, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, 
we're going to break down Wallert and Senior and Hempstead and Western Dubuque. And then we're going to look at all of the positions and we are going to pick one from each team. And this is going to lead into the Dubuque area baseball all decade team of those four teams. That's that's the plan. So the Wallert team, all of the research and all of the information was done by me. Coach Tischer did not want to participate and I respect him for his wishes. Coach Rapp, that team came from him. I sent him out a feeler. And he sent me the information for the Hempstead All-Decade Team. The senior All-Decade Team came from Coach Tim Felderman. And also Andrew Reese did, did add some players to that list. Which makes this podcast a little bit more different than the Wallert one. Hempstead one is we're actually going to unveil two teams today. We're going to have the one that I have that Ross and Coach Soigling have not seen. And Coach Soigling has also come up with his very own senior all-decade team, 2010 to 2019. So let's take us back to those years. Throw out some catchers that you think are deserving to be on the senior all-decade team, guys. Well, I mean, the first one that pops out to me is obviously David Jaynes. Um, he was a, a four-year guy, right, Ross? Yep. Four years up at varsity. Yeah, so, I mean, a guy that, that plays varsity baseball as a freshman up, up through his senior year for four years, I mean, that's obviously telling you there's something special about him. Um, yeah. So here's here's what I have about David Jaynes. David Jaynes was second team all-district second team all-conference he was a four-year starter and these are his senior year stats average of 383 on base percentage of 459 35 rbis one home run 13 doubles and 49 hits and that was just his senior season so that is who tim felderman recognized as the all-decade team for senior catcher David Jaynes. Ross, Tyler, do you have anybody different, anything to add about David Jaynes? You know, um, I had David on my list. Um, David was for sure, I think, the best catcher to come out of senior in the last 10 years. Um, I just really admired him and his work ethic from the minute that he was an eighth grader or freshman, he came into our program um, all the way to his senior year. Um, He's always looking to do new things and new things get better. And I think that's a big uh, kudos to Ross, uh, keeping him informed and trying to do his best for his kid and helping helping him reach his goals. And um, he carried that all the way through high school into college and now into coaching. So um, nothing but good things about David. Um, I was lucky enough to have him as my assistant coach for two years and, um, he did a great stuff for me and he really made my life easier. I was lucky to have two great coaches uh, under me and, and David and then, um, you know, Jay, David so. James kind of reminds me a lot of, of me. Um, he's one of those kids that when you play against him, you don't like him. When you're watching a game and your kids playing against him, you don't like him. And, you know, kind of like me, I, I was not a very well liked guy. Um, my players, half of them liked me. 
Uh, my players, half of half of their parents <laughs> like me. It's always the half that are playing and the half that aren't don't like you. But I I was not a very well liked guy and and it didn't bother me. But I knew that we were good and I believed in my uh, coaching and I believed in my players and and had a little bit. We both have a little bit of an arrogance to us. But I'm told that. Coach Manaman off the baseball field is a pretty nice guy. Um, I've had an opportunity to hang out with David James <laughs> off the baseball field. I actually went to the College World Series with him one year. Absolutely love the kid. Uh, very good guy. Don't like playing against him, but um, off the baseball field, really good guy. We're going to move it to first base. Ross, feel free to jump in anytime you'd like. Um, I think we're going to have a different first baseman. My first baseman was a two-year starter and he was first team all district second team all conference and his senior year he hit 424 with an on-base percentage of 514 he had seven home runs 40 rbis 12 stolen bases 50 hits and 35 runs any idea coach do you think you think you might know who that is i thought i thought that we would have the same guy but when you told me about stolen bases i know for sure that it wasn't the guy i have okay (laughs) um i have a guy by the name of ryan hill i had never heard of him he uh, graduated in 2010. He was on Tim Felderman's team, and when I pulled his stats, uh, there was no no doubt about it that that he he should have been on there. It's, I it's mean, no contest. to get on base uh, over 500 yeah. percent of the time and to hit seven home runs and have 40 RBIs. I mean, that's unheard of at at the um, high school level. Who was your first baseman, Coach? I. I had Ryan. I just did not know he had that many stolen bases because his nickname was Turtle. So um, that surprised me <laughs> a little bit. Um, Ryan was my best friend in high school. Um, he, I think, is honestly the best hitter to come through senior um, in a long time. I don't even know how many stats he or how many records he owed, owns at senior. Um, God, he was just an incredible hitter, and it was so effortless, too. Uh, it was amazing. Um, he was just fun to play with and fun to be around and um, even though we kind of were below average our senior year, we had a good team, and Ryan was was a really really big piece of that. You know, I may have made a mistake. Did I say twelve stolen bases? I meant twelve doubles. Yeah. Um, I, I looked at the person below me. Twelve yeah. doubles there for for Ryan Hill. So so far we're two for two, right? Yeah. All right. On yeah, to second base, this guy here. He was a three-year starter. His senior year, he hit 361, had an on-base percentage of 490, had four home runs, nine doubles, 43 RBIs, and 35 runs. I'm curious, who is who is your second baseman? Um, I'm I'm getting a little biased on the the 2010 team here, but I had Andrew Powers. Um, he was, he hit lead off for us. I mean, he wasn't overly fast, um, but he did his job and he was a great teammate. He was one of the, the best guys I've ever played with. 
um, on the field. And uh, him and Ryan actually had a nice little um, kind of relationship over there at first and second where uh, um, Andrew kind of knew exactly how far Ryan can move. <laughs> and so um, they, <laughs> they kind of had a nice relationship. Andrew would, would know what balls he could get to and, and what ones he couldn't. And um, it just, it worked really well. Not that Ryan was, was not an athlete. It was just, he just wasn't very fast. And um, Andrew just, he understood his teammates and, and what his role was. And um, I, I, I loved Andrew. I can I tell you that Andrew baseman. Powers is listed as a Tim Felderman honorable mention. And Andrew Powers was second team all-conference in 2010. To go back to Tim Felderman's pick of TJ yeah. Deardorff, in 2017, TJ Deardorff was first team all-district and first team all-conference. Uh, Ross. Anything that you'd like to add about David James, who was selected as the catcher, Ryan Hill, unanimous at first base, along with David James, and then wait, shortstop. Yeah, we have a three-year starter. His senior year, he hit four sixty-four, three home runs, eleven stolen bases, six doubles. 27 RBIs and an on-base percentage of 580. Who do you who did you, yep, who you, do you think it is? And and let's see. Actually, who did you have? Let's see if we have the same guy. I had Sam, and Lane. that's who uh, Coach Felderman identified um, as well. Even though he wasn't there, he thought Sam Link and Andrew Reese also verified that with um with his email yeah. back to me as well. But Sam Link was first team infield all conference and first team infield all district. And he's currently uh, playing at the university of Iowa. So coach, I know Sam is a favorite of yours. He's also a favorite of mine. Any uh, stories or insight to add about Sam? No, I mean like just kind of like we've always talked about, I think on like, both episodes that we did together, Sam came up and he was just a hard worker and he was a good teammate. Um, like I said, I didn't really get to coach him much because he got hurt one of our first games of the year. If not at practice, I can't remember. If something happened and he got hurt. And, um, you know, I, I think as I shared this story before, he could have easily just said, ah, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to show up to practices. I'm just going to come to games and whatever. And, and he didn't. He was at every practice. He was at every game. Uh, he even wore his, his jersey when he was at the games. And, um, just, just a good kid. Just a really, really good yeah, kid. I, good I love kid, uh, Comes from a good family. Third base, I'm pretty sure we'll be the same on this one. But third baseman was also uh, an unbelievable pitcher for senior. This guy was first team all district, first team all conference, also second team all district and second team all conference in 2011 so he was a three-year starter and he was either first team all district or first or second team all conference in the years that he was there his senior year I'm and I'm going to share his stats for senior and junior year because both of them were were monstrous senior year he hit 430 he had an on-base percentage of 500 eight home runs, 40 RBIs, 10 doubles, 58 hits. His junior year, he had an average of 371, 
480 on base percentage and six home runs. Let's see if we're the same. Who was your third baseman? Um, I know that we're not the same, but I the guy you have, um, I have elsewhere on, on our list. Um, I had Dylan okay. Merritt as our third baseman. Um, uh, just just because Connor it is, is yep, it I, is I'm Connor guessing Grant. Connor I should have said that. It is Connor Grant yeah. who Coach Felderman identified as the all decade team for seniors third baseman. Yeah, so the thing about Connor that made me move him to not that spot was when I thought he, he played short when I was playing. Um, but also uh, his senior year, mm. he was hurt most of the year with his arm. And so um, that's kind of why I didn't put him at um, a okay. position. But I, I do have him on our list. Um, so I, I had Dylan Merritt. I mean, the kid could hit. He had 10 bombs this senior year. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> so... Um, and he was, he was a good kid. He was a competitor. Um, sometimes he, um, you know, he, he would get frustrated, but, um, I just, as a baseball player, I, I enjoyed Dylan and, um, yeah, I, I'll be I, I curious to see it. if I Dylan really made uh, coach Felderman's list here, if he's on that list or if he'll be one of those guys that, that was considered a snub, but, um, Connor <laughs> Grant, um, and Coach Felderman also said that many of these guys played multiple positions and could be interchangeable between some positions. But Ross, if you're there, Coach Soiling, yeah. if you're there, who are some senior outfielders over the past years, 2010 to 2019, you think will take up those three outfield slots? Yeah, you want to go first? I would. I I guess thinking back to that, and I don't know. I guess probably don't know about the years, but uh, I remember Anthony Bettner, um, you know, being out there. He was he was so fast, and he, he had. I just remember him throwing guys out from the center field fence back when the fence at senior was deep. Um, Austin Clemens was amazing. Um, you know, uh, Tucker May. Um, he played outfield. A lot of guys played some outfield. I think Ryan Jantz played outfield too. Um, you know, those are the guys that just jumped right on top of my head on on who uh, were the great outfielders of the day. Yeah, I, I agree with those. Um, do you want my three, Nick, or, or do you want to um, – You know what, why don't I first? release my three first from Tim Felderman, and then we'll see who we have. So see if – I'll say the stats. See if you can okay. name the player. Three-year starter, 379 average, 479 on-base percentage, two home runs, seven doubles, 47 hits, 34 runs. That was his senior year. Junior year, 361 average, 457 on-base percentage, and hit seven home runs his junior year. Any ideas on who you think that might be? You are correct. That is Ryan, Ryan Jantz. He was also in 2012 second team all district and first team all conference in 2011. Next, this guy was also listed as a pitcher. I was actually surprised to see him get listed as an outfielder because I thought his pitching stats were stood out a lot more than his hitting stats. Um, I do know he had a cannon from the outfield. 
all that. He was a great defensive center fielder. But here were his stats. Four-year starter. His senior year, his average was 241. On-base percentage of 410. 28 RBIs, 44 hits, and eight doubles. Any idea who you think that would be? Yeah. Austin that Clemens. is Austin Clemens. And in 2014, he was first team all district, first team all conference, first team all district, and first team all conference also in 2013. Lastly, this guy was a pitcher, but he did his damage from the left handed side of the box. He was a three year starter. His senior year had a batting average of 386, 500 on base percentage, seven home runs, 10 doubles, and 39 RBIs. Any idea who you think that would be? It is Tucker May. May. And in 2016, Tucker May was first team all district and first team all conference. And then in 2015, he was second team all district, first team all conference. And then his sophomore year, he was second team all district and second team all conference in 2014. So, Coach, I'm interested to hear who did you have? Ross, feel free to jump in with any stories or anything you'd like to add about those three before we move into the utility position. Coach, go ahead and unveil your three. So we had we had two that were the same, um, and Ryan Jance and Tucker May. Um, they're just hitters, man. I they could just hit. Um, they were also gamers and competitors too. Um, I, I I really liked both of those guys. <laughs> Ryan Jance is the sweetest man that I've ever met in my life. Um, um, but no, I, I agree with with those two. The only one that um, I. I don't, it's not that I disagree with Austin because I, I think Austin was a phenomenal baseball player. I loved watching him play. I uh, never had the opportunity to really coach him, but um, okay. I had Cameron Stephan in there. Um, reason being is uh, when Cameron came up to the program, he was a little bit of a, a head case. He, he really was. Um, he got frustrated really easily. Um, but when I had him at the sophomore level, um, he really turned a corner and he changed, uh, not that he was a bad player before he just wanted to win. Um, but he learned how to control his emotions while playing the game. And, um, that kid, his exit velocity was incredible. You, you see him make contact with the baseball and that ball jumped and not to mention he had a super, super, super strong arm. Uh, he, he had a right arm that, that was like a thunderbolt to me. Um, I, I just really, really liked Cameron as a person as a player and uh, seeing him grow throughout those four years, I think he made a bigger jump than, um, than any player I had ever. Yeah. Ross, would you jump in and echo anything that Tyler's saying or any new insight, any of those outfielders or anybody that you think should have been on that outfield list that was left off? Um, Well, I can talk with, I could talk about Cam actually a little bit. I coached him as a freshman. They had a kind of a situation where the sophomore coach left and Tyler went up to sophomores and, had to have someone last minute, a freshman. I coached him his freshman year, and what he said was right. It was 
it was a tough it was a tough year, but he grew so much. He learned so much in that year. Um, I also got a I got a <laughs> Ryan Jance is the funniest kid because he uh, um, he was one of the smartest people I've ever met. Mm. That guy was dirty. Yes. I mean, his pants were always just caked in dirt and mud and it wasn't even wet out it was it was just one of the strangest things but uh, there was a lot of good outfielders that came through senior and I was you know when you're thinking about back through it I thought about Jace Grant um, and how good he was in center and he had a cannon as well and of course I said Anthony Bettner earlier but uh, Clem was one heck of an outfielder yeah yeah so I, I remember because David you know played four years with him I just remember how good he was out there so, well, that brings us to the DH position. Oh, be- before we get onto the DH, uh, you know, the thing that I like about the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast is you get to hear stories of like the background things that not a lot of people know, not a lot of people understand. So, actually, Austin Clemens, um, he was in Hempstead's district. He was actually primed and ready to go to Hempstead. And I add Austin Clemens to that. Chris Tompkins, David Fitzgerald, Dan Milius, Jeremy Voss and team. You add him on that team, I think that's a state championship team. It's, a, it's an interesting story on how Austin made his way to Hempstead. I'm sorry, made his way from Hempstead to senior is Coach Rapp and Austin's dad are friends, and Austin did not have anywhere to play baseball. He was too old for the independent league, and Hempstead did not allow eighth graders to play at that time. So Austin's dad reached out to Coach Rapp, explained the situation, and Austin didn't have anywhere to play, and Coach Rapp, I think, would be the first to admit this, that he will eat these words to this very day. But Coach Rapp told Austin's dad, Hempstead will never have eighth graders play because we have too many freshmen going out. And that year, we had two teams, numbers were low, and we had to ask eighth graders to come out. And at that time... Austin was already signed up, already committed to, to go to senior. And you just think if you add Austin Clemens to that 2014 Hempstead team, even how much better that, that they could have been. And um, I remember when I was coaching freshman baseball at Hempstead, we would have one team and we would get 55 kids out and we'd have to cut it down to 18 because we had 18 uniforms. And then we narrowed it down we uh and we had to add eighth graders because kids just for some reason um were not going out but um interesting story about austin that i don't think a lot of people know and and i i I will be the first to admit this um when we were playing in substate we beat davenport north first round we got a bye to the championship and um we did not want to play senior Senior stopped our 19-game winning streak. We were 19-0, and and Sam Knoll shut us down. We had beat Austin the night before, but when Clinton gifted us that early Christmas gift of knocking out Senior 
and using their best pitcher who could not come back, we all knew that we were going to go to the state tournament. If Senior would have won that game in 2014, might be a different story. When you have a one-two punch of Austin Clemens and Sam Knoll, tough, tough, tough team to beat. And I don't know what it is about Sam Knoll, but there were two kids in Dubuque that whatever team I was coaching, we could not hit Sam Knoll. We could not hit Anthony Rudin. Those were two pitchers that we could not hit. I mean, we could have been banged on a trash can, known what pitches were coming. We still couldn't have been able to hit those guys. But those are stories that this podcast offers that, that not a lot of people don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But I got off task there. I, I did want to share that story about Austin. Good kid, good baseball player, great pitcher. You mentioned him before, Tyler. Tim Felderman's DH is Dylan Merritt. Dylan Merritt was a three-year starter. His average as a senior was 366 with a 416 on base percentage. He hit 10 home runs with 46 BIs. Correct me on this if I'm wrong, Ross. Isn't that 10 home runs the all isn't that the all-time single season record? Yeah, and that was actually the uh that was one of the the stories was that year when when Connor and Dylan and Ryan Jantz were all kind of chasing the, I think it was their, their junior year, uh, where they were all chasing the home run record together, and uh, yeah. uh, that was a fun year to watch. And but that is, I'm I'm almost positive that's still that to this day is still the record. Yeah, and and senior people listening to this, if I'm wrong yeah. on that, please phone in the correct information. Please let us know. We'll definitely correct ourselves. But uh, Dylan's junior year. He hit 343, had an on-base percentage of 511. He hit five home runs and had 40 RBIs. Coach, who did you have in your utility spot since you actually had Dylan listed as a a third baseman? So this is the guy that I held off on. It was Connor Grant. Um, if you look at if you look at all the players that come that came through senior, I mean he was at least in that ten year span. I think Jeremy Girardi is is probably up there with him, if not higher. But um, Connor was just an athlete, and he could do anything you asked him to do. Um, whether it was pitching, whether it was playing multiple positions, whether it was hitting, like he was just an all around baseball player. And so that's why I kind of. I, I'm glad you said utility because I, yeah. I didn't put him down as a DH. I put him down as a utility guy. Um, I, I think if you're, so I that, think if you're doing Connor. the Mount Rushmore of senior, you um, you have Felderman on there. Uh, he was a great player, Tim Felderman. Uh, you definitely have Connor Grant on there, and I believe you definitely have Jeremy Girardi on there. Now, Senior's been around for 40-some years. I know there are some guys from the 1960s that I'm probably missing that had monster stats as well. But, yeah, Joe Horner, <laughs> Joe Horner. would definitely be on Senior's Mount Rushmore. But, um, Ross, before we move on to the pitchers, anything to add about uh, any of the players mentioned, any any stories, any uh, Dylan Merritt stories before we break down the three pitchers. No, Dylan was just always that guy that he always played on the edge. He was hard on himself. And if he, when he made a mistake or if he made a mistake, he just beat himself up because he, he really, really wanted to play well. Yeah. And uh, um, that third base position that he, that, you know, but, and I understand where Tyler's coming from that because third base was so hard. 
to find someone who can play that position. And he did a really nice job with it. And, but from a bat standpoint, definitely. And it was fun watching those guys, Connor and Dylan and Ryan Jantz all fighting for the home runs records and the doubles records. It was, that was a fun offensive time. Uh, with senior baseball. And I, I do not want to cheat Dylan Merritt at all because I, I know he could probably knock me out in one punch. But um, Dylan Merritt was also first team all district as well. Which brings us to the pitchers. I asked for three pitchers that se- senior all decade team 2000 and 10 to 2019 three pitchers that stood out so guys we're talking pitchers here uh who, who are we throwing out here if you think of the last 10 years who are three pitchers that should be on that list i had a really you tough did. time with this one i think i texted you that um narrowing this down was was really really hard um i'll just go kind of by by year, I think, um, in no particular order, because um, seniors had a lot of really great pitchers come out of there. Um, okay. But the first one, I, I believe, is Alex Steinis. I, I have Alex Steinis as well. Um, I'm going to read you his stats here. And his senior year, he was 7-6 and six with an ERA of 234. On base – I'm sorry, not on base. His opponent's batting average was 179. He had 110 Ks and 75 innings of work. Wow, he sounds like a workhorse if he's throwing 75 innings a high school season. But a um, lot of strikeouts in, in uh, 75 innings of work. His junior year, now this kind of surprised me when I, when I was flipping through this, is his junior year he was 6-3. and three. He had a better record, but his ERA was 5.31 as a junior. He had 81 Ks and 60 innings, and opponent's batting average was 211. So either of you guys have anything to add about Alex before we move on? Yeah, Alex, um, that guy had – when you hear the term rubber arm, that is Alex Steinitz. And that guy would go out. There. I remember in our, uh, we were in the sub-state final game against Iowa City West. Uh, David was, must have been a sophomore maybe. And he, it was like 105 degrees that day. And he went out there and he threw six and a third innings, 120-some pitches. And I've never seen anything like that. That guy would just throw and throw and throw it was it was and I, he's absolutely one of the top in the top three pitchers of, of senior that i've ever yeah, seen yeah and how his awards w- uh worked out for him he was second team all district and then the year before that he was second team all conference second team all district and then in 2011 he was also second team all conference tyler who's your next pitcher Okay, that's who I have as well. My next picture is Sam Walsh. Share before I get into the stats and what I pulled up on him. Well, first of all, Sam was one of my favorite players I've ever coached. Um, He was just a good, good kid. Uh, He always worked hard. He led by example. He didn't lead with his mouth. Um, He was was awesome. And he went out there, he competed. He played uh, for a team. He doesn't play for himself. 
Sam was just a, a great kid to coach and and to be around. And he, I think Red brought this up, um, or maybe Krabs, I forget in the last one, but um, he just made people better just by being around him. Um, for me, uh, Sam, and and that's not even saying what he did with the bat because that kid get hit too. Um, he was just a, he was an a, a unbelievable yeah, uh, baseball player. I have Sam Nola. I'm gonna go through his stats and then I'm gonna share a. Uh, Sam Knoll story here, but um, Sam Knoll, also great shortstop, uh, good hitter as well. Coach Felderman wanted me to pass on, but he was a three-year starter. His senior year, he was five and three, 65 Ks in 55 innings of work. He had an ERA of 141 and on an opponent's batting average was 196. But when I was at Hempstead, we would always do a fundraising tournament every single year and teams would want to get into it because they wanted to support the local baseball programs. I know Wallert still does one. I believe senior did one as well. And I remember us coaches, we were in charge of a field. So if there was a call, if there was a problem, if anything went down, that was tomfoolery. We needed to um, defuse the situation. And I believe it was the Brewers. And there was this kid playing, and I just loved everything about his game. Uh, He had soft hands. He was quick. He was vocal. He hustled in and off the field. He wore his hat right. He hit a fly ball. He hustled it out. And that was Sam Knoll. And I remember asking a parent who that kid was and where he was going to high school. And and I was heartbroken when they said that he was going to senior because just in that short amount of time of watching him, I fell in love with him and I fell in love with his game. And, and I, I was not introduced, but pointed out where his parents were. And I remember having a conversation with them, just trying to put a feeler out on how set they were on senior and they were a pretty strong um, senior family, but he was always one of those kids that, was just very respectful on the baseball field. You could tell his teammates looked up to him. You could tell the coaching staff looked up to him. I was on the opposing team. We could never hit him, and and I still respected the um, the the heck out of him. I mean, he uh, just carried himself in a very mature manner that you don't see often from eighteen year old kids in in the heat of battle. Ross, anything about Sam Knoll before we get into our last pitcher spot? Well, you know, David and, and Sam were the same age. And so, you know, they played together. And everything you're saying is exactly right. And um, he was just one of those kids that he was a non-polarizing figure, you know. And he, he came out there and the kids from the bench to the players, they all loved him. There's not anyone on the, on the field that didn't like him. And, um, and he had some of the craziest stuff you'd ever seen. And he could throw – I mean, you know, Clem was a great pitcher too, you know, but, but Sam could throw every pitch for a strike and he just knew when to do it and he just did it. And it was, he threw hard and I don't know, I have a lot of respect for Sam and, and his family too. And uh, what everything that was said was a hundred 
Is that right? Yeah, Sam in 2013 was second team all conference. In 2014, he was second team all district and second team all conference. And um, I, I think I think we should have did the senior podcast first. I think after the senior people hear this episode of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, I think their uh, opinion, the fan base, might change on me a little bit. I think they might start liking me after this podcast. <laughs> It's it's great to look uh, at these guys and reminisce and, and pull out great stories, but that leaves us to our last pitcher spot. I'm sure all three of us have the same name on the list here. Uh, Tyler, who do you think? Jacob Kerman for me. Ross? Jacob Kerman. I'm going to yep. go through his stats here. Senior year, he was 5-2 and two with 88 strikeouts and 66 innings of work. Opponent's batting average was 193. ERA was 1.16. Junior year, he was 4-3 and and had an ERA of 1.89. And Jacob Kerman was also in 2016 first-team all-district, first-team all-conference, second-team all-state. And I did mention this in the Hempstead all-decade team that um, Jacob just recently became Clark University's all-time leader in strikeouts and recently recorded his 300 strikeouts. So congratulations, uh, Jacob Kerman. And, and I tell you, my heart's breaking for you knowing that that senior season was cut short. Tyler, I know you have a strong relationship with Jacob and his dad. Ross, I know you do as well. Let's uh, give some love here to Jacob Kerman. Yeah, um, man, I I don't know what what I can really say because I feel like no matter what I say, it's not doing justice for Jacob. Um, but I think Red hit it on the head because he coached him in uh, college too, and uh, the thing he said is he's just a team player. Um, yeah, individual accolades are great, and he t- he takes them and rolls with them as you should. But the, there's a bigger picture in Jacob's mind, and and that's for his team to win. And that's something that you can't necessarily teach. I'd like to think that maybe I had a little bit to do with it, but I think it's really comes from Jacob himself and, and his dad and, and showing him, you know, the bigger picture and the bigger result of, of keeping your team in a game and playing uh, cohesively as a unit. And Jacob is uh, the epitome. Yeah, of, I, of I have known player. Jacob since he's been four years old. I, uh, if you listen to the Hempstead podcast, I had shared that I've known him and his dad for quite some time, I actually taught Jacob swim lessons at Flora pool back when he was uh, four years old, but that's the list there from coach Felderman and coach Felderman and you, Tyler were, were pretty close. Um, I think we just had one disagreement on, on second base, but Ross and Tyler what are some names that did not make either team that you feel should be mentioned as an honorable mention? Um, whew. Well, I, I think one guy that definitely w- should be on the list somewhere is Michael Blake. Um, great glove, great kid, great leader. All those, all the things that you want from a kid that's what he was. And he's a great coach too now looking back. And, and those, I tell you what, that was, 
He was just one of those guys. And, you know, everything he does, he does selflessly. And if you were to, to say you want – this is the team guy that you want, that was the guy. And so he's definitely one. But, you know, talk, the thing about pitchers is funny because as I was thinking back over it, it, I can go to, you know, from when I first started, you know, being around senior, I can think, and Tyler's not going to put himself on that list. But, you know, there was – every two years there was two pitchers that, that dominated – and for us, and I think about Ty Soy and Andy Powers, and they were on a team that was not very good, and and they carried that team, you know. Now, you know, like I said, Tyler's not going to say that. Then it went to Connor Grant and and Steinis, and then it went to Noel and Clemens, and then it went to Kerman and uh, uh, May. You know, you look every two years we had these these guys that just could carry a team and and we're great kids and and uh, it's it's neat to watch those kids now coaching and where they went so but if I were to look back like I said and the other one is a total a total team guy is Kenny Capacious at the catcher position um, I know how much and I know how much my son learned from him and not just in you know, and you, you talked about how Dave, David's attitude is sometimes. Um, you know, he played the game with reckless abandon, but Kenny helped teach him to, you know, to see the team and to play a team and and um, and how to be selfless. And so for for me, those are the two guys that kind of jump out um, at me that that could make the list somewhere. Um, maybe they didn't have all the stats or all conference stuff, but those two guys especially – um, that I really, those are the two guys I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, go for I, it. Do you want, do you want my honorable mentions? I have four of them. <laughs> um, so the first one, I just felt bad cause God, I wanted to find a spot for him on the list, but I, I just, I, I couldn't, um, it, it's Austin Clemens. Um, I loved Austin. I didn't, I was never lucky enough to be able to really coach him. Um, just when we went, when I came up with varsity for a substate, but, um, you know, Austin, the ball jumped out of his hand, uh, as one of the best I've ever seen. Um, he was a, he was a competitor. He wanted to win. Um, I, I really liked Austin Clemens a lot. So he's on my honorable mentions. I also have Bobby Bean on that list. Um, he was a heck of a hitter. He was next to Ryan. He was, I, I felt our best hitter on our team. Um, and then I, like, I'm kind of getting a little 2010 heavy just cause I played with these guys. Um, but another guy I think's overlooked is Cody Zenner. Um, he, uh, he had an unreal senior year. I think he hit like upper three hundreds. He had, I think like five home runs. Um, he did a lot for us. I will never forget in the substate game that I couldn't play in cause I, I hit myself in the face <laughs> swinging a bat, which is why I, I just moved on to just pitching. Um, I remember there was a Nike strobe and this was the last year before the BES or that this is the last year of the BESR bats and Cody Zenner hit this with this stupid strobe. Um, we were playing Hempstead and uh, for some reason it was like, the, it was a bottom of the seventh. Uh, we were winning um, and Cody comes up. Uh, we end up kind of losing where we Hempstead tied it up and then Cody came up with runners on base and we were playing at Petrakis, and he hit this strobe, and he hit it a mile. He hit it as hard as he possibly could have. If you would have been using a good bat, he would have hit a home run, and we would have taken the lead in that game. But instead, he used that stupid strobe <laughs> that was like five years old to uh, to go up and swing it. But um, 
Cody for me was, was a was a great player. Um, and then obviously Ross, you already mentioned him, but Michael Blake, um, his stats might not show um, that he was one of the greats to come out as senior, but I really truly believe that Michael was was a, one of the best players to come out as senior just because of his mentality and the way that he he worked for his team and and he was just selfless. He was a selfless guy. And like I said, um, Michael and I kind of always kept contact after he left, and um, I'm glad that he's coaching now because I for, I always knew that he would be a good person for that. And he kind of reminded me of myself a little bit. And thanks um, for uh, Michael's just a great, that, guys. great guy. Um, I am going to read coach Felderman, Tim Felderman's uh, list of his honorable mention and read some of their accolades that they have. Again, I'd like to thank coach Tim Felderman for um, providing me with this information. Definitely did not have to do it. Also like to thank coach Andrew Reese for reaching out to me as well and uh, providing me with some information as well. So here are, Coach Tim Felderman's honorable mentions for seniors all-decade team 2010 to 2019. He had Carter Stevens at second base, second team all-conference. He had Cameron Steffen uh, as third base and outfield, second team all-district, second team all-conference. Shortstop Alex Vossen, second team all-district. First baseman slash outfielder Evan Straw, second team all-conference. Jesse Grant, second team all-conference. Michael Blake, second team all-conference. Bobby Bean, first team all-district and second team all-conference. And then Cole Smith, second team all-conference. And Johnny Blake, second team all-conference utility. So we did get some 2019 guys in there with Sam Lank. Cole Smith and Johnny Blake. I'm curious to see what type of season Cole Blake, I'm sorry, Cole Smith and Johnny Blake will have. Guys, before we wrap it up on the senior all decade team, 2010 to 2019, anything to add before we take it to closing time? No, I, I just, it's, it's kind of like you're saying it and Ross said at the beginning, it's just nice reflecting and, and seeing and talking about these guys again, because at least for me, coaching um, senior gave me a lot of opportunities and helped me become a better baseball player as well as a coach. And I owe Tim um, a lot of thanks for that because I don't know where I would be without him letting me tag along and, and be a part of that program. Um, but, you know, senior has always kind of had a bad rep so to speak when it comes to baseball and this is just showing um how good senior has how good of players and and um students uh senior has had throughout the years at um and i think it's a really great team i really really do yeah and you know all i gotta finish up saying is you know senior when i think back on this whole thing and you know i could probably look at it from a little bit of different perspective just because a lot of the stuff that I see is not just great players, but also what they mean to me as a parent of a player that played for senior and senior all the way from the kids who were around David um, to the coaches that he had to then when he coached with Tyler and he coached with Kerman, you know, he has learned so much from the people around senior baseball and that he played with. And as a parent, you can't ask for better because you have all these mentors that mean so much to him 
which helped shape who he is as an adult and as a coach. And so when I think of senior, that's why I love senior is because of that. And because it means so much to me. So, you know, I don't want to get all emotional and all that kind of stuff, but it means a lot to me. And Tyler, you mean a lot to me as, as a mentor for David. I know much you mean to him and uh, everything you've done for him. So I appreciate that as a, as a dad, but also as a baseball fan. Well, I, I appreciate you too, Ross. And I will never forget um, when you started coming around, I think it was my senior year, it was your first year um, that you're hanging out with us and, and helping us in the weight room and, and all these different things. You always went out of your That's way. That's what and I love so about the I appreciate Gary Baseball Podcast. We got a budding bromance right here that you're listening here. That's that's taking place. So <laughs> thanks, guys. Not but. budding. It's already there. All right. Thanks, guys. We know when we hear Mariano Rivera's music in the background, the podcast is coming to an end, just like the game did when he entered. Stick around for closing time. Before... We uh, get into closing time. I just saw that opening day is pushed back to mid-May. Just had that come across my screen while I we were recording. And also, I had this come across my scene while I was recording is senior baseball is the 2020 state championship if the season gets canceled. So plan an awards ceremony. We will plan a parade for them if we're able to leave our homes um if the season would happen to get canceled we will do that so enjoy sit back we're gonna have a sit down with soigling yeah so today uh, i was i was trying to i was kind of wishy-washy on what i wanted to talk about but um i was fortunate to go to the last spring cub spring training game of the year uh last wednesday with my girlfriend and her family and, and my friend tyler and his wife um but I just want to talk about kind of I'm kind of off of your last rant that you had about Rob Manfred and getting families out in the stands. Um, you know, as baseball fans, it is so important to get out to games. And I hope the players understand this, too. Um, baseball is a game where it's so much more personal than any other sport, in my opinion. The fact that you can play catch with your with your favorite player in the outfield uh, as they get loose. That's something you don't see in any other sport. And I had a, a great experience when I was a kid. I was at a spring training game with my grandma and my dad and my mom. And um, there was a, a guy named Sterling Hitchcock. He came out of, uh, he was with the Padres, I believe. And after he got done pitching, he came out to me and he handed me a baseball for some reason. We were like five rows back. We were down the first baseline. I uh, didn't, think anything of it and this guy handed me a baseball and and sent it up the stands and that's really what made baseball what it is to me it's it's more of a personal thing than just a game and um rob lower your ticket prices because families need that and and the game of baseball needs that you need to allow your your families and these kids to come out and enjoy and experience baseball that because you can't get that experience from any other game you can't um, and that's how you make a kid's life. And that's how you continue to make baseball a wonderful game and, and great because of that personable experiences you have um, when you go to these games. So 
keep going to games and and just love the game for what it is and it'll come and it'll be something that you'll hold Tyler, to you, thanks with you for, for us sharing that with us I, I can tell you without sports right now it's it's been a difficult I know um, not being able to make it to spring training this year has has been a tough pill for me to swallow but you're you're right about it being a personal game I mean personable game you, you've been there with me you've, you've been at spring training games with me and I mean I remember sitting in the on-deck circle uh, right outside the on-deck circle of the um, Oakland A's and I remember having a conversation with Rajay Davis before he was going to take an at-bat and I remember sitting by the Oakland A's dugout and having a conversation during the game with uh, A's bench coach Mark Kotze and that that doesn't happen in all sports and um thanks for uh bringing light to that now we're gonna have a minute with manaman and last episode i talked about approach i've yelled at rob manford um laid out some guidelines for parents i want to share a feel-good story today because recording the hempstead podcast about their all-decade team Recording the senior podcast and the Wallert podcast about the all-decade team, you keep hearing great players, and you keep hearing about great teammates. And I wanted to share a story last year that I had from an eighth grader from Western Dubuque, a kid by the name of Thomas Blair. And Thomas started late because he was a private school kid. And the school year got so pushed back that he uh, had joined the season with about three weeks left. And as an eighth grader, he was already a little bit behind. Then missing some of that time, he was a little bit behind. And I got him in as much as I could. He saw a couple innings on the mound, had a couple of at-bats. But he did something last year that that really um, touched my heart. And we had had a week where we had gotten rained out, it seemed like, every single day. And then finally, we had a game where it seemed like we were going to be able to play baseball. And we were playing senior. We were playing Nate Cass's team, who we were excited to play because we had gotten rained out against them previously. And I went out to check the field, and the field was drenched and even getting out there four hours before the game to check it out and see if there were any spots I had to take care of. I knew there was no way that we were going to play this game. And I sent out a remind text to all of my kids, letting them know that the game was going to be canceled. And Thomas Blair reached out to me and wanted to know if there was anything that he could do for the game to be played. He wanted to know if he could come up and clear out, clean out puddles and rake the mound and put down turfus and if he could come up to the field and help me so that him and his teammates could play a game of baseball one of the most selfless acts I've ever seen in coaching and um, Thomas it definitely made an impression on me not only do I look up to you as as a baseball player but I also look up to you as a future of outstanding kids that will one day be future leaders so Thomas if you're listening best of luck your freshman year out at Western Dubuque please shoot me a schedule I'd like to come check out a game and just like that six four three
are out of here. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.